Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Food School Smarter, Stronger, Lena podcast. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Today is Monday, and I have this t-shirt that says, I have it on me right now, it's Monday and it's okay. So often in our life, we get caught up in our own thinking and perception of things, like Monday, for example, you know, it's something to, I don't know, when you get sad or (laughs) not so energetic because you have work to do or you have, uh, I don't know, um, some commitments or something else that you maybe don't want to do that much. But when I think about Monday, I think about all the new connections, uh, all the new exciting things that are coming into my life and all the projects that I get to work on. And yeah, sometimes I fail and sometimes I suck at things and uh, uh, sometimes I don't necessarily like everything I hear or see from other people. But that's not the point. The point is I woke up and it's a new day. It's a new chance to enjoy my life to the fullest uh, and also the healthier you are the more joy of living you get but anyhow it's a new chance to live another beautiful day that can bring you so many amazing things and uh, anything can be perceived as an amazing uh, beautiful coincidence if you decide to make it so so it's all about our perception uh, and how we think about things uh, and uh, also about the um, changing our social environment to um, increase those happy, positive feelings and thoughts even further. Uh, So back to changing our environment. Um, The Saturday before last, uh, I already told you, I went to biohacking conference in Moscow, where I met the most connected man in the world officially. You can Google the most connected man and you're going to find Chris Dancy. And so I got even luckier then and got a chance to speak with Chris uh, on our Food School podcast. And today's episode is with Chris, where we're going to talk about, um, by the way, Chris is one of the most, I don't know, influential people in quantified self-movement or biohacking or whatever you want to call it. Uh, Chris learned how to use technology and how to hack his own environment, how to design his own environment, like, for example, uh, social media consumption, entertainment, like music, videos, etc. And also what he would post online and put out in the world, how to hack all of it to make him a better version of himself, to make him happier, um, more productive, um, healthier, uh, to make him eat better and move more, to lose weight and feel better, uh, be healthier. Um, With Chris, we will talk about things that you would hear uh, on many fitness and nutrition blogs, things like um, changing your lightning or um, choosing a place where you eat based on the lightning in that in that place because uh, light that is too bright will make you eat more and faster and will make you be less mindful of what you eat and that will create cravings and hunger and just um, all these feelings that promote that create that make you behave not in the way you want to behave, not the healthiest that you want to behave. Uh, And then also we will talk about sounds, how certain um, loudness uh, of 
sound in the environment where you eat will also affect what you eat and the way you eat. So very interesting conversation. And uh, we're talking a lot about technology and our attention and being mindful and how not to get overwhelmed by all this um, technology, by all these uh, social media, by all, by all this entertainment jumping at us from every page and, I don't know, every a single screen, every piece of content that we consume. So um, a very interesting conversation. So tune in, stay tuned till the end, and then um, act on it. Like check out Chris' work, especially his book uh, that is linked in the show notes. Check out his website and follow his work. And he's also very approach approachable and um, can help you if you need help in the areas where Chris is really... Um, really excels at. So tune in and without further ado, listen to our amazing, fascinating health and life improving conversation with the most connected man in the world, Chris Dancy. When you think about your life, whether you're healthy or unhealthy or somewhere in the middle, and you have a desire to get healthy, one of the first things you think about is the direct route to health. So if you're someone with a poor diet, you think about eating less. You don't think about eating better. Or if you're someone who is not very physically active, you think about becoming active, not about mm -hmm. moving more, which is different, right? Because you have to just do mm -hmm. something more than you currently are doing before you can be actually active. So <clears throat> I had considered all of those things uh, in 2008 when I was probably my heaviest uh, weight and with my worst diet and worst habits with alcohol, drinking, et cetera. The challenge was I couldn't at that point start with activity or nutrition because there were so many other things they were influencing my life because I tried. I had tried for 10 mm -hmm. years to diet. I had tried for 10 years to be more active and just you couldn't. I mean, if you try and it doesn't work, there's something going on. It's not you. And this is, I think, one of the main points of the book is so much of what we fail at doing isn't our fault. There's the world around you is so much more powerful than you give it credit for. <clears throat> so in the book and in real life, I started with social media uh, and how I used social media because what I noticed was the people and the things that I were connected to needed me to be unhealthy. So if you're online today and you're relatively healthy, the people you're connected to and the types of information that is pushed in front of you is usually gener aligned to what your lifestyle is. But that's also true if you're unhealthy, right? So yeah. if, you, if you smoke and you drink, and you probably have friends who smoke and drink, and if you like to go to parties and stay out late and avoid sleeping, then the types of uh, things you'd like online will look like that. And it's counterintuitive because we don't tell people, get rid of everyone you're connected to online before you try to diet, because that just sounds mm. counterintuitive, but it's literally what you have to think about. So for me in the beginning, 
long before we even get into hacking your diet or hacking your activity, you really have to look at hacking your mind because your mind mm -hmm. really is the key to making all of those things happen. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally does. Um, and then from there, you know, it was a good three years, uh, three whole years before I even tried to think about my diet or my activity. In, in those three years, you know, I had to go from over 300 pounds down to about 240 pounds, which to, at 240, you're still very heavy as a man. <clears throat> and in that time, I also started looking at not only the, the people and things I was connected to online, but like what I listened to, you know, music and video and media, books and things, anything you put in your head through your eyes or your ears mm -hmm. also has huge influence on you. Uh, so much of what we do when we're eating is accompanied by media. We eat while we're watching a video. We eat while we're listening to music. We exercise while we're listening to music. We don't exercise while we're listening to music. And again, it's counterintuitive. We tell people, focus on your food, focus on your, your exercise. Instead of saying, focus on your friends, focus on what you're putting in your ears, you know, focus on what you're consuming. And that's a big deal because in the book, I talk about binge watching television, you know, in 2010, mm -hmm. it was still early, right? We weren't binge watching a lot of television, but I was, and I would make outrageous <laughs> plans to binge watch television. You know, I'd make sure I had enough food in the house. I didn't have to go to work the next day so I could sleep through half the day and, you know, super unhealthy behavior tied to watching TV. <laughs> it's just like, it's so obvious. Um, and then the last step before I got to really food and all of that, I think, was just thinking about how I responded to the world. So it's second nature nowadays to uh, leave reviews or, or leave your opinion on anything. Leave your mm -hmm. opinion on a, on a video, leave your opinion on a, a product online. It doesn't matter. Everyone wants your opinion. And what they don't tell you is how you talk to the world is how you talk to yourself. <laughs> so if you say negative things in a, in a place where people can read them, you, you say those things to yourself as well. So with those three things, you know, in my kind of tool belt and understanding how those processes worked on my, my relationships and my mind and, and my heart, it, it was only then that I was able to start saying, now what can I do to actually start to look at eating better and possibly moving more? Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, sorry for interrupt, like, can I recap? So those three things uh, that you mentioned were basically social media and your social circle, yep. what you consume and how you respond to things, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Social media, your, your consumption of entertainment media, which is different, mm -hmm. right? Because you usually do that alone. You have head pod, you know, ear, 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 headphones on or, <laughs> or you're watching a video alone on your phone. Um, and the last thing is your relationship to external media. So anytime you leave a review or a comment on something. Mm -hmm. So the social media is interesting because like, that's really your relationship with the forces in your life that reinforce what you believe. We don't think about social media that way. That's what, but that's what it is. I mean, you're surrounded by connections you picked that like what you do. So if you want to do something different, they're not going to like it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, They're not. I mean, it's hard. It's just, again, if you want to lose 10 
10 pounds, get rid of half your friends, don't change your diet. You know, it's, it's uh, <laughs> really simple. I totally agree. You know, for me, like, for example, uh, I consume so many books about, like, healthy eating, healthy lifestyle, which, like, shows on Netflix about, you know, food and yeah. cooking healthy food. So, for me, it's like the whole world. Like, there is no other world. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, it's going to be harder for you to have an unhealthy mind when you're bombarded with those informations. And I think, unfortunately, social media creates an island where if you are unhealthy, physically unhealthy, you can go and hide because everyone you're connected to wants you to be unhealthy. It's, it's not a bad thing. It's just what it is. And the other thing is we also create an unrealistic review of health. So if you're mm -hmm. someone who is extremely unhealthy, just changing your life a little bit will give you radical results. Like just losing 10% of your body weight if you're obese is a big deal. But then we stop, right? So, you know, that's bad. And then the other side of that is you start to get healthy and you become radicalized. So, you know, I, between 2014 and 2015, I really became radical about how thin I wanted to get. And that also is difficult because once you become kind of like a, a health radical, nobody wants to be around you, right? Because <laughs> who can be with someone who's perfect? So yeah, it's, I, hard, it's hard for people, and I don't think we give them enough credit uh, for how hard it is. Uh, you know, I've, I've been there, like, uh, but, but it was also my fault. Like, I used to be that radical, yeah, and, uh, you know, nobody, exactly, nobody wants to be around people who, who's, like, trying to be at least perfect at something. Uh, we don't need kind of reminders that we are not perfect in that area. Um, yeah, so when I met my spouse, you know, one of the things mm -hmm. we did early on, because my spouse's family is very unhealthy, <laughs> they eat terrible, <laughs> and they would get very mad at me if I went to visit and I didn't eat. Um, I mean, it was, it was terrible. I mean, and they shame you, like, why aren't you eating? What's wrong with you? And I understand their, their point of view, but, you know, we have to make concessions. We have to say, okay, I'm going to eat food that might not be the best food for me, but I'm going to move more today. Or I'm going to mm -hmm. move less today, but I'm going to make sure I rest more. Um, you know, the problem is we're kind of taught that you have to do all of it or don't bother. And that is a lie. <laughs> you, you just <laughs> have to find one thing you can do well every day. If it's rest, then rest. If it's eat healthy, then eat healthy. If it's exercise, then exercise. Just don't do everything. You'll never do anything if you try to do everything. Yeah, and I, you know, I think this is uh, very important for every part of our life. Like, uh, you know, our digital lives, our career, like we can be mm -hmm. good at only like very few things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the digital thing is what, why I wrote, you know, the book was, I don't mm -hmm. think we talk enough about being good digitally. To me, the internet is like a world where we live sometimes and it's new. It's like a new planet where we all go visit for part of the day and then we fly back to earth. And in this new planet, we really don't have any rules yet. We haven't kind of established etiquette. Like nobody really says please or thank you. And nobody really knows how to treat someone kindly because it's new and you're allowed to do whatever you want because you're going to go back to the real world later on in the day. The problem is, 
when you settle an area, all you have to do is look at the history of the earth and you don't have guiding principles and you don't have guiding roles, that area becomes chaos. And right now, I think because we aren't taking seriously how powerful attention can be. So when I pay attention to you when you're speaking or I pay attention to you when you're posting online, you know, you have to take that seriously, you know, and some people will try to be friends with everybody they meet online. Some people will try mm -hmm. to consume everything they connect to. And that's really unhealthy. It's, there's no difference between connecting to everyone you meet and eating everything you see. Uh, your mind understands rules. It doesn't understand everything. That's a very primitive mind that will just take it all, you know? Yeah, uh, I totally know, uh, I can understand that um, metaphor or this comparison to consuming everything that comes, uh, I don't know, to your attention is like eating everything that you see or exactly. being at this buffet and consuming, you know, everything that's there. Yeah. Um, so I, I try to encourage people, again, you know, I know it's hard. We live in a world where people value connections. I understand. And trust me, I really value that. But you need to look at your connections online as if you are on another planet and the people you're connecting to are going to help you build a house. And if all the people you're connecting to in this other planet of the internet are only concerned with building their own house, then you're probably going to die on that planet. So you really need <laughs> yeah. to take who you connect to seriously. And if they're not feeding you intellectually, if they're not paying attention and helping you, then just be friends with them on this planet. <laughs> you don't try to or, do or not, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, there are so many important messages, you know, in your book and in what you're saying, uh, but um, for this podcast, I'd like to get back to your health and fitness yes. and your eating yes. habits and more practical tools. Yeah. So we talked about, you know, hacking your mind first. And then, so what to do, what did you do next after that? So there were actually three more steps before I got to health. It's really weird. Health was so far into my journey because there were so many other things wrong. And those were simple things like being aware of what I put online and why. So I call that content. So if you record a podcast like this, thinking about why mm -hmm. you're doing it. The next thing was work, like how I behaved digitally at work, like when I sent emails or, or uh, messaged someone in a work application or even created documents. And the last one was finances. How do I spend money? Where do I spend money? So once I got to that point, I actually could look at health realistically. And for me, health, had to have all those other things underneath it. So let's take a really simple example. I was mm -hmm. in 2012, probably still at, you know, close to 250, 260 pounds. And I had never eaten a vegetable. <laughs> so I had, <laughs> like never, I had never at, at 43, I had never eaten a vegetable, any vegetable ever. I'd only eaten hamburgers. Potato, but I don't consider, I could say green vegetable, maybe. I'd had potato. Okay. So um, I'd only ever had like French fries and hamburgers and pizza. That was my whole diet. And not even vegetables on hamburgers, just like plain. So, mm -hmm. you know, when you, when you have a very restrictive diet because you don't try a lot, you know, it's hard. I mean, you kind of naturally have a hard time getting healthy because of that. 
So I had to start looking for a metric outside of the food, because if you can only eat McDonald's, then it's hard. You got like, how do you eat McDonald's healthy, right? Yeah. So I tied two different metrics together to help me make my diet better. So the first one was the cost of food. And the second one was the energy it took to get that food. So I'll make it real simple. So in America, mm -hmm. there were three restaurants that were kind of my staple foods in the beginning. McDonald's, we'll just call that the lowest, worst. At McDonald's, it was also the cheapest. It was the you know cheapest food. I could spend like three US dollars and get a good sized meal. Well, a step up from McDonald's in the health realm, if you're super unhealthy, is Subway. Because at least at Subway, you can't get sides, right? You can, it's, you, it's a little bit healthier, not a lot, but on the scale of like killing you, Subway will kill you <laughs> less fast than McDonald's. And then above that, there are what we call fast casual restaurants. And my favorite fast casual restaurant at the time was called Chipotle. And Chipotle mm -hmm. is a Mexican restaurant. So if you think about just the food ingredients between McDonald's, Subway, and Chipotle, you'll notice two things. The protein and fat and carbs and, and everything else exponentially get lower as you go from McDonald's through Subway through Chipotle. Because at Chipotle, you're basically getting a very thin tortilla stuffed with rice, um, uh, meat, cheese, and, and if you're some light vegetable. So I started by only eating McDonald's, but then I added a layer. So the layer was, if I wanted McDonald's, I could have it. I could literally, I could eat as much McDonald's as I wanted, but I had to walk there. I couldn't mm -hmm. drive to McDonald's. So any food that was under $5 had to be walked to. Subway technically was between eight and $10. Now I could go to Subway, but I still couldn't drive, but I could ride a bike, right? So something a little mm -hmm. bit less, right? Or maybe a Metro. And then lastly, Chipotle, if I wanted Chipotle, I could, I could drive my car. And now Chipotle was the okay. most expensive. So I always tell people when you're thinking about your food, when you're thinking about your diet, stop thinking about the calories, stop thinking about all this other kind of stuff and just focus on how much it costs. If it's from a restaurant, most of the time, the cost of the food, the cheaper it is, the worse the food is gonna be. The more expensive and middle world, the better. And you know, the higher, the better. The other thing is any restaurant that wraps your food in plastic or paper, it's probably gonna be less healthy than a restaurant that gives your food to you in a dish or a bowl. Mm -hmm. It's just, just 101 kind of thinking. So that was very early on uh, some of the things I did with measurement. So just measurement and space and time to get to food and me measurement with cost of food. From there, I went on to measure things about those restaurants. So the light in a restaurant. The light in a restaurant is very, very influential on how you think when you're eating food. Again, if you think about those three restaurants I just gave you, the worst, mm -hmm. most gross lighting, if you're taking a selfie, is McDonald's. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the next best lighting will be someplace like Subway, which has like, have you ever noticed Subway has like huge windows, very, it's flooded with natural light. And a lot of the, yeah. Yeah. And a lot of the upscale kind of fast casual, which is 
like a step up from a subway, have you know really kind of very nice lighting inside them. So lighting is super influ uh, influential onto how you eat your food. The worse the lighting, the faster you eat. And then the last thing I measured in restaurants to help me kind of start to hack my mood with food was sound. You know, a lot of restaurants mm -hmm. are very loud or the floors are tile. So the chairs make this, you know, terrible sound as they drag across the mm -hmm. floor. And it, it doesn't do anything to help our digestion, to help our peace of mind. So, you know, again, I always tell people, eat all the McDonald's you want, but eat it with noise canceling headphones. <laughs> Just, you gotta start somewhere to change your perception of food. Was that way too much information? No, that's that's perfect. You know, uh, I I totally agree with you uh, and can relate. Like for example, when I eat, you know, I I always notice that whenever I sit uh, sit down and eat and I put on some nice music like some jazz or um, something something you know really soothing and relaxing, I always pay attention to my food more. I eat slower and I'm more in tune with my hunger and I eat better um, mm. compared to I don't know an airport, right? Mm. Um. Mm. And that's a perfect example, airport food versus that. And I think, you know, you just mentioning putting on music. I think, you know, even if you just create a playlist for meals, right? Anything that will stop you from just consuming mindlessly is a super powerful step. Again, a lot of people struggle with just being aware of eating and I often, you know, it can be daunting to say you need to lose weight or get more active. Well, mm -hmm. you don't. You just need to be aware that you're doing something differently. So, I mean, playing music while you do anything is a big motivator for rewiring your brain. Yeah, because I also, you know, read this book, something about your brain on music. And um, it uh, talks uh, in the book about this um, feature of our brain, that our brain likes patterns. And so whenever music is very, you know, it's basically a lot of patterns mixed together. And yeah. so uh, whatever you attach to that for the brain, it's much easier to kind of remember and link together. So uh, each piece of music, you know, whatever you do to this piece of music, it's going to be uh, now connected to that piece of music. And whenever you play something similar, so the same experience is going to come up on the surface and you're going to do that or think about it. Exactly. And I, I did that with sleep. So I played music every night and then when I slept and the nights that I got the best sleep, I saved those playlists to help me get better sleep in the future. Uh, you know, Chris, uh, I also would like to mention the uh, how you measure it, actually, how you uh, tracked all that, like light and sound and, yep. and whatever else, you know, you tracked at that time. Yep. <laughs> Um, so, you know, we're fortunate um, because, you know, I, I did all this in the last 10 years and we've had smartphones with us. So, you know, most people don't think about environmental factors when it comes to, sorry, I couldn't sneeze. I'm sorry, I'm back. <laughs> um, they don't think about <laughs> environmental factors when it comes to their phones. So it's interesting because our phones pay attention to those environmental factors. So if you're looking at your phone outside, your phone knows to brighten up. If you're looking at your phone inside, your phone knows to dim. Um, if you're on the phone talking to someone and it's noisy outside, your phone knows to amplify your voice for the other person. 
but the same sensors in the phone that's doing all that, we don't really use. Now, some people do. If you're a photographer or you're a sound engineer, you download applications to measure light or you download applications to measure sound. But if you're a regular person like me, you don't download those things. It's dumb. So, uh, you know, I, I always tell people, you know, there are lots of neat apps. One of my favorite ones is called Sound Print. Um, mm -hmm. And these apps allow you to capture environmental information about where you are. Um, you know, in environmental information about where you sleep is the best place to start. So just knowing how loud, how bright, and how warm, and if you can, how moist, your phone can't do humidity, <laughs> uh, unless it looks to something else. You are when you sleep says a lot about how you sleep most of the time. I mean, there's some, you know, some things you can't avoid if you're on medications that affect your sleep or you're under a lot of stress, but environmentally, that's the best place to start. So, you know, I measure just using applications on my phone, you can download there are a lot of free applications that you don't have to pay for a light meter. But again, just making sure that when you're consuming food, the light is under 100 lux LUX, um, you know, mm -hmm. anything above 50, you're going to really consume food faster. Um, if you ever notice, again, the really bad unhealthy restaurants are super bright. Um, and as far as sound, you know, it's best to try to consume food under 50 decibels, you know, so noise canceling headphones while you're eating are great. You look a little weird mm -hmm. because you're not listening to any music, but cutting down on the external stimuli really helps you focus on your food. So those are like two simple things, noise and light that your phone can do for you when doing meals. And even if you just tracked the food, I'm sorry, the light and the sound, like on your notepad. And every time you had a meal, you just recorded it. You'd start to see patterns. You'd be like, oh my gosh, look at this. And like, yeah, it's true, right? But again, it's not, we don't think, oh, should I, is this too loud? And ironically enough, I'll just end with this. You know, I'm 51 years old. So if we go back to my childhood, like in the 1980s, all restaurant reviews always had noise levels but they got rid of them sometime in the 90s and reviewers just didn't put them in there. And I think it really says a lot that we used to be more thoughtful about the environment that we ate and behaved in than we are now. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, it's kind of natural and I always uh, get surprised when for a lot of people it's not. Like for example, you know, when I'm in a place like I, I, I'm often, most often eat out in actually airports, but I, most of the time I try to eat at home or someplace like home. And so for me, you know, it's like when I go to an airport, that all the lighting, it's really uncomfortable. There is even this term junk light. So it yeah. feels like it. Yeah, it's yeah. like polluting my, I don't know, eternal and, and external environment. Yeah. Yeah. I like the term junk light. I've never heard of that. Um, but junk light... <laughs> Yeah, and it makes me actually feel stressed and angry. Um, and I, part of it just, I think it affects the people around me and I'm so affected by other people's moods. <laughs> yeah, me too, you know. I, it's like we all affect each other and the environment also affects us. Uh, and uh, I, I don't think like anyone feels good in, uh, you know, in the environment that is lit really bright and uh, has this 
junk like. And, you know, you mentioned like really great connection between our environment and then our emotions and how those emotions lead to behaviors that we don't necessarily want to do. Right. Like, you know, feeling lonely, for example, because of something in our environment and then uh, eating a lot of like carbohydrate rich foods that we don't yeah. necessarily need to eat. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and you know, again, I think the most important health advice you can do for yourself, no matter where you are on the spectrum of health, is make sure there are people in your life who are healthier than you, <laughs> because you will only ever be as healthy as the least healthy person you know. Yeah, I think it's, you know, one of the best uh, advice, pieces of advice that um, anyone can have and follow. Um, because also, you know, we are um, social creatures and yeah. whatever people do around us, we, whether we want it or not, we absorb part of it and uh, it becomes part of us. Yeah. And isn't that wonderful? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It is, you know, if you know, if you, if you're aware of, of it and if you use it uh, for your advantage that you can really transform your life. And that's what, you know, I believe you've been doing. Like once you um, became aware of how environment, how much environment influences you, um, you started, you know, measuring it and then changing it and then seeing exactly. how. Yes. <laughs> and that's so important because once you measure it, you can change it. Yeah, it's like, you know, there's one of the um, greatest minds of business world, Peter Drucker said, if you can't measure it, you can't prove it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm you know, a huge it's believer hard because some things are, are odd to measure, like the value of friendship or the value of the people that you follow online. And, you know, I think it's okay, you know, to have some people in your life who might not be on the same path as you if you need to support them because supporting someone is just as important as being supported probably more important to support someone else just not too much right you never want to become codependent so i don't know as much as my book talks about technology i really think it's about your relationship to yourself as it relates to others yeah um you know when i uh, read the last chapters of the book and throughout the book that's what it kind of made me, you know, reading your book made me smile because it made me more, um, it made me realize that, you know, technology is a part of our humanity now and how we can, um, we can make it more human and how it, I don't know, how the technology doesn't have to be that evil, I don't know, side of no. uh, us that makes us less human, that it can be, that it can make us more human, that we can make it more human. And it's at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, how to be more human and uh, create a better world for all of us. Um, yeah. And so often when we make, if, if we are in a world where our technology has fused with our own identity and we do in a, level, in a world where people are mindful cyborgs, and we mm -hmm. are merged in some way with our dependency or interdependency. Because let's be honest, our phones are pretty dumb without us, right? And uh, <laughs> people are like, I'm, I'm doing nothing without you. It just sits there. It literally has no life. Um, if all that's true, and we've spent the last three or four years talking about how terrible technology is, what we're really saying is we are bad. 
And yeah, I, very, you know. Very... Go ahead. Hello? I'm here. Yeah, he's here. No, I, you know, it reminded me of a thing. Uh, I think Gary Vaynerchuk said uh, technology doesn't uh, um, doesn't make us like worse. It exposes us. So basically, what he was trying to say is like technology has nothing to do with changing us or changing something about ourselves. It just shows, you know, how we are already. Yeah, and I think it's, it's interesting because Gary, Gary, you know, Vaynerchuk, you know kind of made his name by exploiting people's attention. Um, if, if you go back and look at his, between 2010 and 2014, he didn't care much about people. <laughs> he, his whole <laughs> message was hustle. Uh, his whole message was get things done. Um, and and I, I, think it's, I think it's rich that Gary Vanderchuk now is seen as some type of cultural and spiritual leader when literally he made his fortune on exploiting people's lack of attention. Um, yeah, and, yeah. You know, and, and, and I've gotten into arguments uh, with Gary uh, online about this. Now, again, he's changed his tune. He's, he's very much more directed toward the non-exploitive, but let's be honest, he got his. You know, he's popular now. So he can afford to be a little bit more compassionate about us. But for a lot of people who are starting out, whether they're YouTubers or they're new authors or, or, or people who are influencers online, they have to hustle and they're creating content every day. And there's this very exploitive nature. I, I really think that unless we call it what it is, exploitation, um, we're going to have a lot of problems because we need to make people who are whole regardless of how many connections they have. Yeah. Uh... I, I agree with that, you know, uh, sometimes I feel really overwhelmed by all this, you know, going on online and I feel like sometimes I feel inadequate and, you know, stupid just because I don't have that many followers as someone else does. And like when you look at it from, you know, from outside of your own head, it kind of like really doesn't make sense. Uh, and it's very um, shallow metric. Yes. And there's so many but, young people today. And my spouse is a high school teacher. And, you know, kids in high school haven't been online a, a long time. So they, it's just actually impossible to have a lot of connections. And the, one of the things I find most disturbing is young people, children in high school who will say to me, but Chris, it doesn't matter if I do that because I don't have any connections. I don't have any followers. It doesn't matter. And they've tied their value and their worth or their potential to their impact. That is just so crazy. You know, I understand it's nice to have followers. I have a lot of followers on Twitter. It's nice to have a lot of feedback on all the social networks. It's nice, it feels good, but you can, you have to stop there because if you tie your ability to change the world to how many people share your content, you're fucked. Yeah, cause, yeah. because I, I, I agree, yeah. The most powerful ideas in the world are being shared like crazy and no one's doing anything. If sharing an idea changed anything, climate wouldn't be an issue. If sharing an idea changed anything, gun violence wouldn't be an issue. What changes things in the world is doing things. So, you know, I always encourage young people, don't worry 
about it. In fact, if that, if you can't function, don't be online. Like if those vanity metrics make you feel uncomfortable, it's okay to say no. And in fact, in the future, you might be rewarded for not having a giant digital footprint. So uh, again, we need to really support each other wherever we are in this journey because you are valuable in what you do. You are valuable if you share or don't share. You're valuable because you take time to talk to people. That's what makes you valuable and beautiful. Yeah, I mean, uh, I couldn't agree more. Uh, and I believe that a lot of people need to hear that. Uh, and, you know, just from my own uh, experience, um, yeah, it, it, it really feels sometimes overwhelming that, you know, your ideas um, are not shared that widely. And you think maybe they're not that great ideas. Uh, and you forget that at the end of the day, you know, you just got to do more and try to change physical world, not someone else's opinion of it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, you know, that's my also part of my personal journey and uh, what I'm starting to work on also doing more and not, you know, not tweeting yeah. more. <laughs> Have you heard of the 1% rule? Um, I'm not sure exactly what you relate to. Yeah, here. so there's a, there's a something called the 1% rule. It's, it's an internet cultural uh, uh, ideology. But what it says is, 1% of the internet and people on the internet, only 1% of them create things to be shared. Out of that mm-hmm. 1%, 9% more will actually contribute or reshare something. But the other 90% just lurk. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So most of what's happening online is being done by the smallest fraction of people who create and reshare the vast majority of what we perceive as reality is people who are just watching. They're not doing anything. So, you know, I also tell people just because your, your content isn't the metrics of your content aren't obvious to you, it doesn't mean they're not impactful. Yeah. I, right? I, so I think, yeah, you have more impact on, people than you think. So I always tell someone, even if one person who you know you're, you're connected to sees something, that one person can go on to change the world. So again, do not get caught up in the numbers. I think one of the rules I made in the book was, you don't get better by counting steps, you get better by taking them. By taking them, yeah, I love that. And by the way, about taking steps, you know, we didn't have a lot of time left. I, I wanna be mindful to your time, you know, your, uh, what is the last day in Moscow? Um, can we briefly talk about any fitness hacks that you did to that help you to move more and take more steps? <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. You know, gosh, fitness is so hard because it is one of those things that you have to kind of quantify in the beginning. Um, uh, you know, the most powerful thing you can do with your fitness if you're just starting out is measure your sleep. Um, mm-hmm. you know, understanding your rest and your rest patterns is so critically important because a lot of times if you're not moving and you're not being active, it's more tired, tied to exhaustion than anything else. Um, for example, mm-hmm. this week I've been extremely jet lagged with my trip. I have not moved hard. I mean, maybe 3000 steps a day. So what I try to do is avoid the number of steps that I take and focus on continuous motion. So for example, I try to move continuously for one hour a day. So while mm-hmm. 
those also turn around and come back. So, you know, it's a very simple rule, but continuous movement is much healthier than number of steps because you can take a lot of steps and not get any exercise. Uh, you know, yeah. Idea... Uh, Go ahead. No, how how exactly do you like measure that continuous movement? Is there a, like a way, a tool that you use to measure it? Yeah, well, I, mean, I, I've used since 2011 body monitors. So the first one was called body media, which is like a very old school Fitbit. Then I used a Fitbit and then I used an Apple watch and all of these tools, continuous exertion is something that they just pick up. Um, the other thing is you can just do the old school. Just don't stop moving. <laughs> just go out, set a timer and just don't stop. Uh, that, that count, even if you're just walking, you know, and even if you stop for a stoplight, the, the idea is you want to get your heart rate. If you, if you don't have a way of measuring it, you can just feel it in your body and you just kind of focus on it just a little bit higher than normal. Um, so uh, again, I'm always real sensitive to people who listen to things like this, who are new, you know, if you're someone who is already super healthy and you're looking for a fitness hack, you know, spend a day not being super healthy. Uh, you'll learn a lot about how healthy you really are by being not healthy, uh, because you'll start to see the things you are doing to yourself to stay healthy. That makes you feel mm, less than good. The other thing I think is if you're super healthy and you really want to test your fitness levels, travel. I mean, travel tests everything about you, your rest, your <laughs> endurance, your sleep, your strength. Uh, you know, I always tell people the last step on my journey before I got to the spiritual stuff after health and after environment was travel. And people are like, why did you wait to measure travel to the very end? Because I'm like, because you shouldn't travel till you can. Um, so, I mean, those sound really simple and, and maybe fluffy, but I think if we thought about what we measure and how we measure it and think about what we value, it would, we'd be a lot happier and healthier. There's a, there's a, and with this, there's a quote that I really like that I put in my talks that says, we don't know how to measure what we care about. So we care about what we measure. And if yeah, you want to, I, yeah, <laughs> right. And if one of these people who loves to travel, then what you care about is travel. So measure that. Don't measure your health. And if you really care about traveling, you will become healthy because you can't travel without it. You know, you remind me of this story in your book that I found to be really like interesting and funny how you wanted to climb this um, pyramid <laughs> in Mexico <laughs> and you wanted yeah. to record your journey, but because you couldn't, you just gave yeah. your phone uh, to your family, a kid to take pictures from the top of this pyramid. So, I know it was um, so embarrassing, but I wanted to, you know, make my friends think I did that. Yeah, but you know, you probably would have felt much better if you could actually do that. And that's we we've all done data shame or data lies. Yeah, for sure. You know, I didn't mind too. You know, sometimes you just wanna I don't know look cool. Probably not so much to others actually, but to yourself that you know yeah. to aspire to be someone more than you currently are. That's why we probably do it at the deepest levels. Um, yeah. So yeah, traveling can probably I, I guess I don't know. For me, it's. Uh, Whenever you have passion for something that you know you really want to excel at, health becomes an important aspect of that too, because you can't really be your best at anything if you are unhealthy. Hello? Yeah. 
you there? <laughs> yeah. What's that? Um, computer's breaking up a little bit. Yeah, I I I lost you. I think uh, for a little bit. Uh, but uh, anyhow, Chris. Huh? You sound good now. Yeah, you too. <laughs> uh, and, and I think, you know, it's actually a, a good um, moment to uh, stop our conversation uh, because I know you have, you know, your things to do, an exciting day ahead of you to say, let's say, you know, goodbyes to Russia and Moscow for now. But I'm not sure where you're heading next. But uh, yeah, thank you for, you know, taking the time during your travels and you so um, much. You'll be yeah, thank you so much for talking to me and interested. I, I appreciate it so much. I, no, I mean, thank you for sharing all this and your book is amazing and I highly recommend everyone to get it because it's not, you know, just about hacks. It's actually not about hacks, really. It's just how to stay human in our super connected world and how to increase your humanity and uh, how to get better with technology and living your life. Um, so. Yes. Oh, is there like any I always way? tell people. Go ahead. I always tell people learn to place yourself in. There. Uh, Chris, uh, is there a like place where you'd like people to go to connect with you to um, see what you up to? Where can people find you online? Yeah, my website lists the cities I'm in. Um, all my social channels are pretty open. Either you're lonely or you're sad or you're just scared about what to do next, you know, reach out to me. I talk to a lot of people every day and just listen to them and support them. And, uh, and the most important thing you can do today is just be nice to your thoughts because sometimes I hear. Yeah. Um. Thank you for you know spreading this positivity and humanity through your work, uh, uh, being uh, a mindful cyborg. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you.